think of breath work as like lifting the hood and giving you access to more intelligence, more data, more stuff, right? Because here's the thing, we have protectors in our mind. So our mind is always saying, don't feel that thing. Don't worry about that thing. It doesn't matter. Well, when we remove those protectors, we have more access to our bodies. We have more access to our intelligence. So breath work first and then all the other things because it'll, it'll make all the other things 10 times more effective. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Darlings, welcome to the Divine Loving Podcast and the Mm. treat that I have for you today. I'm already just going to say you are welcome. This force of nature, this woman who reminds us that we have a wild, outrageous spirit inside of us in the form of Sam Skelly has blown me away from our first meeting. Um, I was with a bunch of girls at a girls' dinner and it was like my first kind of intro to the group. And Sam comes up and is like, what's up? And I was like, you you. I need more of you in my life. So you're about to get so much more of Sam Skelly in your life. For those of you that know her, you know what just a blessing you're about to receive. And for anyone new to her work, you're just going to have a whole bunch of fun with this newly published author, this business mogul, and we'll see what other what other mega things Sam reveals during our time today. So Sam, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. Thank you, my love. God, it's so good to be here. You're like, you're like a high vibe smoothie. Like I feel like when I'm with you, I'm just drinking from like the, the, the nipple of life and I'm just feeling so alive. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so, so obviously we are recording this on Sam's Pub Week. She just published her first yeah. book, which we're going to be talking all about mm-hmm. yesterday at the time of this recording. And the balloons are the Divine Living podcast launch party. So it is a party here. So welcome to our yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. So let's see. I totally want to dive into your book, but I want people to know the backstory first. Mm. So we understand why the book is just so necessary. Mm. So tell us a little bit about you, how you got started and your journey. Yeah. So I had, I had the weirdest childhood of, of all times. I was a child actress That's and a dancer. Special. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, not to, I didn't kind of hear the rest of it, but I've had the weirdest childhood of all time. Like that is a bold woman. <laughs> That is a bold woman. All right, let's bring it. I, you know, Sam and I are somewhat new-ish friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't like know your whole thing. Yeah. So I grew up as a child actress and a dancer. So my I was in entertainment since when I was like five years old. And so my life was spent on set. Many times I didn't go to school. I would just do school on set because I was doing whatever program, whatever show. Um, I then got into stunt doubling and literally threw myself downstairs uh, for a living. (laughs) And so got into that. It's actually my party trick. Like I'm looking at the stairs in the background of your house. I'm like, man, I could tackle those stairs. Like I will, I will just throw myself downstairs just for fun. People like, Oh my God. I'm like, I gotcha. I trained for this shit. But I, so I was a dancer and actress, a stunt double. I did the whole, I did the whole thing. And so I, I, 
I had a very exciting and colorful childhood, but it was also riddled with a ton of rejection, a, a ton of comparisonitis, a ton of body image stuff. I'm now brunette, but I was blonde all growing up. I'm a natural blonde. And so the rejection line on a weekly basis was like, sorry, they went with the, they went with the brunette. They're going with the brunette. And so rejection was embedded into the fiber of my being. It's how I experienced life. And because I had this like inner champion, that's like, I will succeed. I just suppressed all of the rejection and I, and I didn't process it. I, I didn't let it have a voice. I didn't heal it. I didn't recognize it. And so I was walking around life in, in like a state of not enoughness. I'm not good enough. My body's not good enough. And so when I got to 18 years old, I, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to start dieting. I need to, I need to start restricting my food. I need to start exercising. So I developed food addiction, exercise addiction. I was on over 50 diets in less than four years. And oh my. I couldn't eat like a normal person, Gina. Like I'd wake up and I'm like, I am so disconnected from my body, so disconnected from the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue. I, if I don't exercise for two hours a day in the gym and berate myself and literally kill myself in the gym, I would feel like a failure. The, the food and body conversation was so consuming and there was not a point where I felt like, ah, like I'm relaxed. I can just like wow. chill, right? And so it was like this hyper masculine go, 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 hating myself, shaming my way to skinny, whatever, whatever that was, had body dysmorphia, the whole thing. And so this one day I was like, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna become a fitness competitor because that's it's gonna make this a lot easier, right? I can like hide this disorder. And so I, I you know, shaked my my shiny rhinestone bikini ass all over the place and like you know, like put myself on stages, be like, look how good I look. While meanwhile, I'm like dying inside because I'm struggling with it, this eating disorder. But you know, it's it's wrapped in this shiny bow called being a fitness competitor, which by the way, is the most destructive, disgusting industry ever, in my opinion. And so I got away with it because I was really committed and I was doing the thing. But really, it was just, it was the driving force was this addiction. And so... I, at the time, was reading Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Eat, Pray, Love. And I got to a place where I'm like, all right, I know I've got an issue here. There's something that I need to heal. I can't go on like this anymore. I'm miserable. My body dysmorphia was so intense. I was the same size I am now. And I, I legitimately thought I was like obese. It was crazy. Like, just think of that. Like, how, how the heck could I look in the mirror and think that I was overweight? That's so insane. So I was reading Eat, Pray, Love. I was trying to heal emotional eating and my eating disorder, but pretty much putting Band-Aids on bullet wounds. I was trying to like diet my way out of emotional eating and I was trying to like externalize an internal issue, which just wasn't working. So I read this book and Elizabeth Gilbert's like, I saw this energy healer in Bali. And, and I was like, oh God, maybe I should do that. So I bought a one-way ticket to Bali. I, I found Stop this energy. It. Yeah. I found this energy healer, the one that she wrote about in the book. I hopped on the back of a scooter. We raced through the streets with, you know, random chickens on the streets, like dodging chickens and children and all the rest of it. We get to this place and this man comes out with his like beautifully broken English and he pokes me with sticks, this like acupuncture thing. And he basically, in his broken English, was like, your brain is broken. <laughs> you think too much. That's what he said. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you got me. So anyways, he's like, you need to start meditating. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, like I hate meditation, like sitting there with my feelings and my thoughts. Are you kidding me? Like, this is the worst. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's different in Bali. Like maybe I'll try meditation in Bali. It's probably different. Maybe not. So I go to this place called the Yoga Barn, Barn which yeah, 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 it's still there. That's where Ashley and I like spent many a days there. <laughs> uh, that, that was later though. So we, I go to the Yoga Barn. I actually end up missing this meditation class and I found this breathwork class. And at the time I was like, breathwork, like what is breathwork? Like surely that's just breathing. And I also saw that it was a three-hour class. I'm like, am I going to sit here and breathe for three hours? This is ridiculous. I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to follow, follow the flow and just go to this breathwork class. So I walk in and this man is there dressed all in white. He looked like Jesus. And everyone is lying down with blankets and pillows. I'm like, what is this? An orgy? What's going on here? I'm like, what's happening? So Jesus, this Jesus man comes up to me and he goes, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? And I was like, sure. I was like, oh God, this is an orgy. What have I done? Uh, he, said, he, he said to me, he goes, you're going to feel things in your body that you've not felt before in your whole life. And this was at a time in my life where the two things that I can feel in my body were numbness and anxiety. That's it. I'd feel anxious. Then I would use food as a drug. Then I'd get, be in a state of numbness. And then I would just toggle between the both. There wasn't really anything else. Mm. I'm like, I'm just going to try this anyway and see, see what Jesus has for me. So I lie down <laughs> and I start breathing in this pattern that he tells me. And within three minutes, my body felt so activated. I, I was just in a state of like, ah, I'm like, oh my God. I actually felt for the first time in my life what self-love felt like. I thought self-love was like bubble baths and manicures and, you know, but I'm like, holy shit. Like I could actually feel the essence of like unconditional love for myself for the first time. Boom. It it was crazy. So I go back to the, to the homestay that I was staying in and I Google what the fuck's breath work. (laughs) And I, I'm like, why do I feel high from breathing? And this was 10 years ago when barely anyone was talking about it. It's just coming to the surface now. So I go and I Google and I take every certification on the market at the time. And I I begin to heal myself through my breath because I can connect back into my body. And I know the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue. I can tap into that essence of self-love with so much more ease. I'm not thinking about how to feel better. I just am feeling to feel better. And it just shifts the narrative of what personal development means. You know, I, I was a, my dad was a huge Tony Robbins fan. So I used to play Tony Robbins tapes when I was like 12 year, years old. So I've kind of been into it for a long time, but I always like did personal development. It's not something that I was like a being, like I wasn't being it. I was just doing it. So it was, it was satisfying my like overachiever, you know, like I did my morning routine. I did, but I wasn't actually an embodiment of the work. And so breathwork allowed me to integrate all of these things. And so that was really the start of Hungry for Happiness, which was 10 years ago. And so the book is, yeah, the book is like, I've extracted like what are the most powerful things that help people get over emotional eating and body image issues. I've extracted it and I've popped it in the book. And 10 years later, here we are. Here we are, Gina. Here we are. Sam, Skelly, what a fun story. I had no idea of 
the beginnings of this. I think that's mm. so, so beautiful. All right. So I'm going to out myself on something here. Okay, cool. I like meditation. I do mm. meditation. This I've never done breath work. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that when I was with you three weeks ago? I would have made you do it. Uh, meditation works fine for me. And, uh, and then like I've had people like holding my back and my heart and telling me to, and I'm just like, yeah. this is, I yeah. gotta go, babe. Yeah. So talk to anyone else listening or just to me even is fine. <laughs> like, what is this? And why do you, why do you think that that's better than meditation? <laughs> It's so interesting. I Okay, so here's my intention with pause breath work. Okay. I want to take the weird out of spirituality. Like I want to take the spiritual elitism and the spiritual bypassing out of it and I just want people to be real like, yo, we were born with this ability to use our breath to regulate our nervous system to take us from the sympathetic into the parasympathetic so we could just chill and not be hot mess expresses all day long, you know? Okay. So like okay. the way that we're approaching the market is not from a place of spirituality and like natural deodorant, you know what I mean? But we're approaching it from a place of like, yo, every single human, whether you're an executive at Google or you're a stay-at-home mom, you have the power to, to make these moments more magical by integrating your breath. Okay. So, so I know, I know the woo-woo has got breath work and they're like, we're going to take this one for a run, but we got to remember that it's a part of who we are. We don't need to throw a bunch of fake spirituality on top of the most natural thing that has the ability to really help us regulate. And so, so here's the thing. There's two types of breath work. There's breath work for transformation and then there's breath work for relaxation. So breath work for transformation is placing the body in an altered state of consciousness where time collapses, we don't have our mind really unhooks and we're just breathing and we're so embodied. And the breath is actually clearing and unbinding stuck energy and emotion in the system and creating more spaciousness in our body. Okay. So this is why it ha like a lot of people that have been through trauma, I mean, not that any of us haven't been traumatized mm -hmm. in some way, yeah. but like, seems like the people that are activated in their trauma have mm -hmm. been coming to me talking about this breath worth thing. So, so it's a meditation to help release the stress state, whether it's trauma or just stress? Think of it as the most intense meditation you'll ever do. And here's why. When we're meditating, we have to get through our cognitive, rational mind mm -hmm. that we're so addicted to and we're so identified with. Yes. Right? Yes. And so even that for someone who has never done a lick of personal development or spiritual development is a really tall order. Like, hey, sit there and think about not thinking. That's a lot for people. So when we breathe, what we're doing is the mind is actually unhooking. The mind, the breath is helping the mind release. We don't have to think about not thinking. The breath does it for us. So then... Oh. Yeah. So then we get deeper into our body. And when we're deeper into our body, then we can sustain the meditation. So... If you were to do three to five minutes of breath work, and we can do a little example on the show if you want to. If you were to do three to five minutes of it, and then you went into your meditation, your meditation would be so much deeper, so much longer, and just, just so much juicier. You know that inner hot tub Why feeling? Why did we talk about this before then? <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever explained it this way. Yeah. Like, like petting my back. And I'm like, 
Yeah, get away from me. Yeah, it, I mean, it is the most natural way to regulate our, our, our nervous system. It, it, it's why we have the breath. There's three pillars of connection, right? There's our mind. Okay. So our mind is constantly giving us information, thoughts, fears, comparisons, judgment, separation, right? Then there's our emotionality, which is if you if you identify as a woman, it's a little crazy sometimes, you know, up and down and all over the place. And then the third pillar of connection is our intuition, that clarity, that truth, that alignment. You talk about this in your stuff, right? It's like that that very clear part. Well, we all desire to be there and to operate from that place and to make decisions from that place. But we are too congested with our emotionality and our mind to actually get there. So breathwork bypasses the mind. It shifts the emotionality and it gets us really clear in, I call it in the pocket, in that intuitive place. And so anytime I'm spinning over a decision or I can't make my mind up around something, I use my breath to regulate my nervous system and get back in my body. And it's as simple as that. And so we can go on like 20 minute journeys that really take us into, you know, the depth or we can do it for 90 seconds and it, and we'll have a, a state shift. Seriously? Seriously. You are the first sane person that has ever described breath. If I knew it was that, I would have been doing it a long time ago. I thought you had to like have like 14 multiple fractures and traumas and like be on the verge of like a like massive breakdown. That's hilarious. Oh I my had God. No idea. So good. I had no idea. All right. So, so like when I want to like really be guided, so I'll, so for me, my process is just I journal to kind of do a brain dump mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I'll sit and I'll meditate mm-hmm. to like get the whatever answer. I'm seeing that like I'm not currently conscious to. So is that Mm -hmm. what you would use breath work for? Like there's like a question that you've got that you don't have a solution for or... Yeah, I, I just do it opposite. So I I will I will lie down and I will med- and I will do breath work for five minutes, ten minutes. Then I will brain dump because the brain dump is from a, a deeper place because I'm not I'm not writing it from my mind. I'm writing it from like my depth, my soul, right? Then I will do meditation after. So the okay. bre- think think of breath work as like lifting the hood and giving you access to more intelligence, more data, more stuff, right? Because here's the thing: we have protectors in our mind. So our mind is always saying, "Don't feel that thing. Don't worry about that thing. It doesn't matter." Well, when we remove those protectors, we have more access to our bodies. We have more access to our intelligence. So breath work first, and then all the other things, because it'll it'll make all the other things ten times more effective. All right. So like, but give me, give me the more tangible in terms of like, why would I tell myself I'm going to go lay down and do five to 10 minutes of breath work? Like what would be going on in my world or what's So a few things when I am at work and I'm like, God, I like, I don't know. So last week I was a hot mess express and I was trying to launch a book and trying to replace six people in my company, trying to hire four. It was just a disaster. I'm like, I can't handle this right now. Like my logical mind's like spinning. I'm like, I don't have the answers right now. Like I I need deeper access. So I lie down on the couch and I did 15 minutes of breath work and I came to and I'm like, ah, oh, there's the answer. Put this person here, put this person back down to part-time, hire this position. Everything became so clear. Got it. So it's accessing your intuition. It's accessing your intuition. It's accessing clarity. It's accessing discernment. You know, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> You're like, okay, fine. Fuck. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, tell us what's in it. What's in your book? 
and everyone is going to go buy this book mm. and devour it. And you're going to like screenshot quotes and you're going to tag me and Sam mm. and let me know what you're getting out of it. But what is in this book and what do people have to look forward to? So we basically break down why does someone struggle with emotional eating and body image issues, right? We're wearing masks. What are the masks that we're wearing that's preventing us from actually feeling and being in our truth? What, how have we been disconnected from the parts of us that need our support? So get this. You're right. Everyone's traumatized. If you're human, you're traumatized. Trauma became this like buzzword a few years ago of like, it's trauma. It must be special, but we're all traumatized. And the severity of course differs and the situation to create the trauma for sure differs, but we've, we've all got shit, you know? So I think of it as, as, um, parts of us that have been frozen in time and underdeveloped. So we're going through life. And we encounter something that freezes our nervous system and that part of us doesn't develop. So, so say for instance, a woman, a, a young girl is on the playground and someone's like, you're fat. Boom, frozen in time. There's a part of her now that for her life, unless she does the work, is going to believe that she's fat. What doesn't matter what she looks like. Mm-hmm. And so within us, we have multiple... Of, there's so many of these parts of us mm-hmm. and each part of us needs a different, needs different medicine, needs different nourishment, and it needs us to really nurture it and stabilize it so that it can evolve or else we get triggered and we get thrown back into that timeline and we react from the maturity level of that part. So the book is about how can we understand all of these different parts of us? You know, maybe we have a part that's the avoider. Maybe we have a part that's like the number. Oh, as soon as I feel emotion, I'm just going to numb it out. We have the, the people pleaser, the victim, right? Like I'm just going to please other people or I'm just going to like complain about everything. And this is how we got our needs met when we are four years old. Uh-huh. Well, we're not four anymore. We're evolved women and we have the capacity and the ability to reparent ourselves, to stabilize these parts of us that need stabilization so that we can create more alignment. And so the book goes through that because any emotional eater knows it's not about the food, right? It's not about the brownie. And and this is about more than emotional eating here. It sounds mm. like it's like learning to become untriggerable. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting because in my journey, my, my brother used to trigger the bejesus out of me. You know, he'd breathe and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, my brother is like actually really awesome. Not because he changed, but because I shifted my five-year-old parts. Mm-hmm. I shifted my seven-year-old parts. I used to always get annoyed with him. And so, yeah, it, it's like our relationship to food is our relationship to life. Oh, so mm-hmm. beautiful. We're going to put all the links. So you're going to go and buy it um, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Sam, tell people about your business. Yeah, which one? Hungry for Happiness or Pause Brethren? <laughs> um, so, I want to so, hear both. Okay. So Hungry for Happiness, um, again, it was started, it really was started that day that I discovered breathwork where I was like, dang, I got to help people with this as soon as I get over this myself. And so my mission is to revolutionize the weight loss industry and help people come back into their bodies and not give their power away to the $80 billion industry that just is constantly marketing to our our insecurities. And so the, the mission of Hungry for Happiness is reawakening our, ourselves, re, like inhibiting our bodies so we can live lives that are in, like truly embodied and we can like attune to things and feel things. And just like we, these things are, these meat suits are so incredible and we're using, we're, we're berating them and not using them to the, to their capacity. And so Hungry for Happiness is 
we help women who struggle with emotional eating through online courses. And we also have a coaching certification program. So for those people who've read the book, gone through the programs and they've healed from it and they want to inspire and teach others, we have our certification program. Then we have pause breathwork and, and the mission is to, you know, take the weirdness out of breathwork. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> really glad we met. <laughs> and uh, it's really to mainstream breathwork. Like meditation uh, had its time in the sun and it's still obviously huge. And breathwork has not yet. I'm sure India will be thrilled to <laughs> 5,000 year old culture and tradition is isn't is still trending. <laughs> Sam Skelly. Still trending, guys. Don't worry about it. You're it's still fine. We got this. But you know what? Like we take these ancient modalities and we mainstream them. We put cool brands around them, and then they become a thing, right? right. No one's done that with breathwork yet. It's not cool yet. Okay. Oh, Sam, you got this one. It's your lane, girl. Yeah. And I, I want to just like make it cool, accessible for every single person. So pause breath or we're coming up with an app in a few, in a couple weeks. We've got online courses. We have Zoom to- yeah. Yeah. Oh, sister. Okay. So I mean, because we had a lot of entrepreneurs listening here and mm-hmm. like, look at Sam is a dear friend, a, obviously a ton of fun, super smart and super successful mm-hmm. with Hungry for Happiness has her book coming out. And she has won, and this is saying a lot, she's one of the biggest thinkers I know. Mm-hmm. Like being around you, Sam, and like hearing like where you're going and what your mission is and the way you show up in business also is so, so attractive mm-hmm. to me. So like when you were, we were um, in, on a girl's trip in Palm Springs recently and she was telling me, I thought it was going to take longer for this app to come out. Just whatever you want to share from an entrepreneurial yeah. perspective and big thinking and basically yeah. being a baller with this. <laughs> You're so hilarious. I just think, so I have this theory. It's like, if it can be done, why won't I do it? Why wouldn't I do it? You know, if I can build a, if I can create an industry around breathwork and deliver a product that people can have in their pocket to shift their anxiety in a minute, why wouldn't I just go balls to the walls with that? Like, why would, you know what I mean? Like most people are cheap with themselves and they go, speaking of India, hire some guy from India to build an app for $5,000. And this like, tell us about your app. Yeah. So, so it's on my phone right now as like this beta and it's Uh so freaking cool to go through it because so there's two sections. There's take a breather and go on a journey, right? We talked about breath work for relaxation and breath work for transformation. Well, if you're going throughout your day and you're just pissed off about whatever, you can go onto the app, hit take a breather. There's three minute, five minute, eight minute, and 10 minute little breathers that you can just like chill out and it's enough for you to feel amazing. And then go on a journey. They're 20 minutes to an hour where you can lie down and have like the whole experience. But my favorite thing about breath work is it gets an instant result because we have direct access to our our intuition. So, you know, anytime I get pissed off, anytime I get triggered, you know, if Eric does something and I'm like, like rather than reacting, I'll just sit there and I'll breathe for three minutes. And I'm like, oh, he's just so great, right? (laughs) It, It like changes my perception of everything. And like, imagine if, Imagine if everyone on the planet knew they have the ability to do this in 90 seconds or less. Like you can literally breathe for 90 seconds and shift your state and go from being a reactive, like raging lunatic to like this really embodied, peaceful, like, hey, it's all good. 
that for me is the potential in that is huge. So if I can create a piece of technology that gives people the opportunity to make it easy for them to chill out, God, I'll do that all day long. Well, and apparently you are because how long have you been working on this app? Oh God, it's been a lot. It's been, it's been about 18 months. It's you been know, about 18 months. Just, that's what I mean. Like this is, this mm. is no rink eating situation. She yeah. has gone there. I can't wait to get my hands on it myself. Mm. That's so, so awesome. I think that, and just in closing, so there's like, so, so there's triggers and there's like calming us down. But I just want to go to, I know so many of the women listening have these like really big dreams and want to be programming yeah. their mind for success and manifesting their desires, whether mm-hmm. it's calling in love or, or money or fate or any of it. And so how can breath work help not just calm someone down and be like, it's all good, yeah. but access the place that's going to help them manifest the success? Dude, I, that's what I do every single day. I can't manifest and dream through my structured mind because my protectors are all like, I don't know if you can do that. Like everyone's already done that. And so it, it has to filter through all of these layers of conditioning, mm-hmm. social conditioning, conditioning from my past. So I, I do breath work for, for, so if I want to get into a state of manifestation, if I have a what do they call it? A BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, right? And I'm like, that's the thing I want. And I, and I am not yet, I don't feel a vibrational match for that thing. Yeah. Then I sit in meditation and I'll do the triactive breath, which is two breaths in, one breath out. I'll do that for say three to five minutes. I'll unhook my mind enough to not have to bypass my mind. And then I cast my vision, I future cast, what is the intention? What is the thing I want? What is the feeling that, that, that I'm going to feel with that thing? And, and what does it look like? What's the visual? And I sit there and I just, I marinate my entire system in that vision. Actually, I did it this morning and it felt so good because Eric and I are talking about moving and getting a house and I'm more like, what kind of house do we want? And I'm like, boom, I know exactly what kind of house I want. So I sat there and I just, I just marinated every single cell. I vibrated to the frequency of that house that I want in the place that I want. I'm like, of course I'm getting that house. But if yes. I, I sat there in my logical mind, my logical mind would, would have been like, well, same, it's like $12 million and I don't know how many, you know, it would have gone, done the thing, right? Where it doesn't do the thing after you do breath work because your mind isn't so attached and anchored. Mm. So that's why I love using breath work for manifestation. I've done it with the book. I've done it with the app. I've done it with the businesses. I've done it with like, even when I'm calling in a new employee, I'm like, all right, I need this perfect person. This is what they do. This is their qualities. This is how they're going to add value. This is what I'm going to pay them. This, they're going to love it. And I just create it in advance. So yeah. when it shows up, I'm like, oh yeah, I created you in my, my thing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. I love, and your book walks everyone through how to do all of 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the book, it's like using that tool for creating the exact relationship with food, creating the exact relationship with life, the exact relationship with money, our body, you know? Like people who struggle with food often struggle with money because the root cause is scarcity. It's this right. not enoughness. And when we purge this not enoughness, which is just conditions, we, we get to live in, in more abundance. And God, abundance is so good. Yes, yes. And yes. Oh my goodness. All right. You have, you have a, a, your next convert. You've got a believer. Yes. 
going to give it a whirl. There's no way when we were in person together that I was going to be bringing this up with you. That's so, yeah. I hate breath work. It sucks. <laughs> I had seen, oh my goodness, so much goodness, so much goodness. So Sam, where can, we're going to put it all in mm. the show notes. Where can everyone follow you on Instagram? Yep. Uh, Samantha Skelly is the old handle over there. The book is at hungryforhappiness.com slash book. When you purchase, you get a free 21-day food and body meditation slash breathwork series. So you've Ooh. got that. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So you can read the book and do the, do the things. And pausebreathwork.com is all things breathwork. Hungryforhappiness.com is all things food and body. So that's that amazing just Boom. like you are oh just wishing you every level of success not that i have to do that anymore because you're just going to go breathe yourself into it <laughs> it's happening all happening. i will close with this so <laughs> sam and i when we were in palm springs we'd go for coffee every morning and it was only 116 degrees when we walking for God. I think I still have a blister on my foot from the same. I remember that. It's like so bad. Anywho, but the coffee was great. The conversation was even better. And she's sitting there saying how you're not supposed to breathe through your mouth. And it's like babies naturally breathe through their nose. And here, give people what was your tip on it? Why? It was, it was so, so when we, it was chest, right? It was like that chest breathing that we were doing. Yes. When we look at babies and, and puppies, when they're sleeping, they're not breathing through their chest. They're taking these deep breaths through their diaphragm. And so even if we think about that as we're at our computer or when you're in your car, taking slow, deep breaths and really try and breathe through your nose more. You know, the nose is the primary place that we're supposed to breathe through. The mouth is secondary. And so when we are chronically breathing through just our mouth, we can develop all sorts of weird structural things with our face and just all sorts of... Um, Think about it like this. Our nose has a capacity to filter air that's coming in. Our mouth doesn't. So we're breathing things right into our system. So just notice yourself as you're breathing throughout your day. Notice to see where you're breathing from. Because the, the, the majority of the breath should be through the nose. When you're doing breath work, you can use the mouth for a shortened period of time because it increases airflow. But the majority of the time, yeah, nose breathing is where it's at, yo. So all this to say is I was preparing for you coming on the podcast today. I remembered that and this morning, actually during my workout, okay. I'm like holding my leg in a person and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, don't breathe in your mouth. Sam's coming on. So anyways, <laughs> that's, that's as close okay. to breath work as I've gotten until now. It. And now I'm really excited about it. So Love it. Sam, thank you so much. I know your book is going to heal mm. and transform so many, including mm. moi. And let's stay in touch, sister. Love it. Thanks so much for having me on, Sheena. You're awesome. Yes, of course, <laughs> of course. Oh my goodness, how much did you love, love, love this conversation? Please go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode right now. And I want you to tag me on Instagram and share with me what your biggest takeaway was. I love being in conversation with you, hearing from you, DM me. Um, and I really love getting what is the one big takeaway that you got from this episode? Let me know on Instagram. 